0: Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by human synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and this week on the show, I'm joined by fellow consultant Sam Mead. Hi, Sam.
1: G'day, Dom. How are you?
0: Yeah, doing really well, Sam. Hey, we just had our annual culture and leadership conference on recently. And one of the topics we covered was the future of work, which we did in a workshop. And, you know, it started a whole lot of conversations and thoughts. So I thought I might get you on the podcast to kind of kick that around a bit more, Sam. How does that sound?
1: Great. I love the idea of it.
0: I guess the thing for me is, you know, we've talked for years, everyone's written these papers and stuff about, you know, what the future of work would look like and all that. Now the future of work's kind of here and maybe not by our own choosing, you know, but with this COVID situation, it's really forced a lot of changes. So what have you seen that's, you know, been congruent, I guess, between what people predicted and what we're experiencing right now? And maybe where are the gaps? What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I I agree with you though. I think the future of work has arrived. And I love that meme. Is who led digital transformation in your organisation? Was it the CIO, the CEO, or COVID nineteen and and I think that you know necessity is the mother of all invention. Is that that the saying? What is it? Yeah, I
0: think so. Yeah.
1: um, So we've been we are here in this future of work environment. I'm dialing in remotely today. We've been working remotely. You and I. I'm not sure I've seen you in person for a few months now, yet we talk most weeks and we are collaborating on projects and we are discussing clients. And I think it's in many ways, the future of work has arrived You know, in large part due to COVID-19. And I think as you raise an interesting topic, what was proposed as being the concept of the future of work and the, and the realities, yes, some of it's the same the rise of digital, we've all become a lot better, I would say, at using technology, whether it be Zoom or FaceTime or Microsoft Teams, whatever the platform of choice for you and your organization is or your client's organization, we've all had to really learn very quickly how to be available via technology. But at the same time, we're all working from home. So the future of work has arrived in the form of do I go to my inbox or do I go to my washing machine and do I how do I make sure the kids aren't coming into the meeting because I'm in their house as well? So I think the future of work, as shiny as it is, definitely has another side to it, is the reality of life, where life and work has become one big mashup. I mean, how are you finding it, Dom?
0: Well, it's definitely been, yeah, it has been interesting because it was came about so quickly, didn't it? It was kind of one week to the next, suddenly we were all at home and I- mm. I've been back to the office, but not much, you know, I've popped in here and there sort of thing. And you're right. It's probably, you know, I think it's been surprising at how well actually a lot of organizations have adapted to it, probably Mm -hmm. better than they thought they might, you know, the thought of, wow, we're going to have 80% of our workforce working remotely. That would have seemed like a total impossibility only two years ago. But, you know, we've been forced to make the move. So, as you say, necessity is the mother of all invention. So, it's kind of happened. But there's, I guess, the idea of working remotely, you know, that people Mm. speculated about. And look, people did work remotely before. But now I think it's the reality of having, you know, large parts of your workforce working remotely. How do you deal with that? What are the implications for people not just for work, but home, like you say, because now you're kind of, it has an impact on everything, right? So how does it all come together?
1: And it's a new way of being for people. And some of the clients that I'm talking with at the moment, what I'm hearing is that the shine is wearing off. We're now at a point in this new way of being that it's no longer just, you know, the fun and and the experience of working at home. We're now in a bit more of the modality of how do we make this more as effective as possible because we could be in this for a while. Mm. And one of the challenges I think leaders are facing and people and culture teams are facing is how effective is working in this new way? How effective are we when we jump on a Zoom call to collaborate, to work through challenges, to Mm. align on the way forward? So I think we're in a period now where we've come through this, we've all loved working from home we've developed probably good habits and some bad habits around how we work how we eat how we exercise but now we're at a point i think where we've got to be a bit more conscious about what is it how effective we are at this future of work that we're now in
0: yeah it's a great point so i guess right now we're managing you know we're mm. we're operating yeah. you know but are we effective and it's probably mm. a question people haven't yet asked or maybe they're starting to ask as it starts to become the norm it's not so strange anymore i guess we're getting more comfortable but are we actually performing at our best given our current circumstances or not and like you say you know if we used to do meetings face to face to make decisions now we're doing them on zoom are we doing that in a way that's actually effective for the team Mm. how can organizations and teams you know start grappling with those questions do you think so well, I
1: think you hit the nail on the head that people are managing. At, we're working in the business, we're not necessarily working on the business. And that pause button to stop and step back and, and even look at your own work habits before you even think about your team and go, I'm four, five, six months into this thing. What am I doing well? What am I not doing well? What needs to change? And if you apply the ripple model that we talk about, Human syndistics how does that then apply to team level? Actually stop and pause and say, at a team, how well are we collaborating? How well are we leaning into each other? How well are we making decisions? At an organizational level, what part of our culture is is evolved? What are the behaviors we're observing that are helping us? What are the behaviors that we're observing that are hindering us? So I think it is a good time in this, now that we are in more of the long haul, we came into this not knowing how long this would be. I actually thought we would be in this for a far shorter period than what we're now so experiencing, I. so I think it's a good one for people to ask themselves. I, I agree. I don't think people are asking that question. I think that's a it's a, now's a nice time where for a lot of organisations, this Christmas, this summer will be very different to the previous you know Christmas periods where a lot of people have a lot of their their sales, a lot of their work will happen at this time. So for organisations, I think it's a nice time for leaders, for anyone to stop and just go, hey, pause button. What's working? What's not? What needs to maybe change?
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, up till now, like you said, I thought this would last much shorter. I thought it'd be a few weeks and we'd be back to it, if I'm honest. You know, and therefore, our people's approach through this crisis was let's manage, let's just keep functioning, keep the business going. But as we're seeing with Melbourne or Victoria in general and New Zealand and so on, even when you're on top of it, suddenly we can be back, you know, take three steps backwards kind of thing. So we've got to be now prepared for the long haul, you know, or, or at least mm. to operate not just coping, but actually effective in this new environment as we go. Because I think, you know, by and large, or what I wonder about, Sam, is, you know, with that maintaining versus how we're actually going to do things going forward, because people have said, you know, even following COVID, they kind of plan to, oh, we're just going to have hugely remote workforces in the future, right? Even if COVID disappeared tomorrow, we'd still have 80% of our workforce working remotely. What I wonder is, you know, how does it work? The longer we're in this, how does it work for some of those long-term things like onboarding new people, you know, like maintaining your culture? What effect does it have on that kind of stuff, which is maybe further down the line? Like in the first couple of months, maybe that's not such an issue. Because ninety-five percent of the people in the company have been here for five years or more, but the longer it goes, the more new people you're going to have start, you know, and that kind of thing. How, how do you think that might go?
1: Yeah, I think it's a. I think the canvas for a lot of us is now pretty blank, and I think the future is up to us in terms of all those fundamentals of managing people in an organization, onboarding. What I would say that one of the things I'm noticing is there's less bureaucracy. I'm seeing people having more freedom to make decisions more quickly, allowing them to get on with it. And there's a bit more flexibility and freedom, which I think is great. It gives people the chance to try something, learn from it if it doesn't work. If it does work, then embed it. And I've really loved the the pace at which people are operating now. I think it's hopefully challenging a bit of the the paradigm of What we experience often in organizations is this hierarchy, this, you know, the command and control approach that we often see, often from a historical point of view. So I think this agility that we're seeing, this pace of decision making is a real positive. So hopefully that's something that can help people. We can take that forward. I think that means businesses can hopefully reorganize themselves in a way that decision making is not as centrally controlled. I think giving people the autonomy and the freedom to To make a call. I think that's one of the the positives that I see. Mm. The flip side of that is people are are isolated. I think we have uh, an opportunity to make sure we keep connecting with people. We give people ways of connecting outside of the Zoom calendar. How do we help people stay connected to their team, to their customer, to their family? You know, another watch out is because we're always on, because you are working where you live, the people's. Ability to focus and, and prioritize and actually switch off at times. So I think there's lots of upside, but I think there are some things emerging that people need to keep an eye on in terms of their own leadership to make sure that they're not becoming hooked into their laptop for 15 hours a day. Or, mm. you know, so I think there's some real opportunities for organizations to take the best parts of this into their future footprint. But also, I think there's also emerging trends that. Businesses need to keep an eye on, and I think that connectivity, that human relationship, is really important. And we want to main we want to keep an eye on that. That would extend from collaboration to to mental health, and I think all those in between are things that businesses are, are starting to grapple with.
0: Mm. You know, it reminds me of a um, article. or There's like an animation I saw on the BBC website the other day, where it was kind of you know people projecting. You know, what Emma's day at work would look like. And she only comes into the office one day a week for meetings. <laughs> yeah. And it was like architects kind of reimagining what buildings would be like with extra wide doorways so we could socially distance through doorways. And, you know, she had this desk that had kind of plastic division screens between her and her colleagues. And I read that and I was kind of like, sign me out. Like, this sounds awful. Yes. <laughs> like, like, this is not the future I want to be a part of. I don't know. Like, So, I I guess for me, because I guess, you know, hopefully one day the pandemic will come to an end and all that. Is this remote working all it's cracked up to be? Uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that, Sam.
1: It's, I would say that whether we like it or we don't, I would say it's here. And I'd say that it Mm. is, we have to make the best of it. And I hope as well, one day we can revert to a way of being that allows us to connect and, Get back to doing what we love. That's in life, you know. So I would say, but one of the things that we need to think about: how do we take the best of this experience and Mm -hmm. and move it into the whatever that future normal looks like? But how do we also take the elements of what was working before this happened and make sure we don't lose that as well? Because there is something about the the connectivity, the celebration of being connected in an organisation, sharing your wins, sharing your losses together you know i my own personal experience is we collaborate really well as a team remotely but still you can feel you are you're out there sort of on your own and and you've got to work harder to make sure you do find those connection points so my suggested approach for businesses would be find what's working your team will tell you this you might look at either you know your connection metadata or you might be looking at culture data. I do think it's an opportunity for businesses to revisit what their culture looks like because mm. it will have evolved. We know that culture is, to Corinne's metaphor, like the ocean, it's always moving, always evolving, and this will have evolved your culture. So how do you get a stock on that? How do you get a sense check of where that's at and what parts of your evolving culture is working and and you want to really dial up? But I think, I think, Dom, that the opportunity for businesses is to- really reshape themselves in a way that best suits them for now. And it's a chance to get rid of the stuff that was maybe those legacy systems, legacy cultures, legacy behaviors of how we did things. I think that's a great chance to sort of look to the future and go, well, what do we want it to be?
0: Mm. And I think it's a great, you know, just like people thought, oh, there's no way we could ever have 80% of people working from home. People sometimes say the same about things like culture change. Oh, there's no way we could ever do that. And I think if this has proven anything, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. And you can do all this stuff if you're committed to doing it. You know, you just need to have, you know, maybe necessity or maybe just conviction to get it done. And it opens up all sorts of opportunities for you.
1: What have you found has been most insightful for you working this way, Dom?
0: I think in many ways, you know, I have, I have enjoyed parts of working remotely, particularly I've got a young family and all that, so that's cool to, to hang out and be there, and it's quite flexible, and some things work better, to be honest, like uh, I'm doing all these debriefs remotely, and you can schedule them in, you know, with this client and that client, because I don't have to travel anymore, so it's quite brilliant, mm. so that part's good, and there's no commute, you know, So so that's all good. But there's something about the connection that I guess I miss, you know, being part of a mm. group and all that and seeing people. And I think it's the, what you kind of touched on with the life thing is separating the week from the weekends because it's mm. kind of pretty similar, mm. <laughs> you know, like, cause you know it yeah, the whole time, true. you know? So that's how do you true. separate the weekends and make them feel special, make them feel different than a Tuesday? And it's really easy to not do that. Yes. So I think that's the big challenge. So it's almost, uh and that's that's a personal thing, really, right? We all have to find ways to make it work for us. How about for yourself, Sam?
1: Well, I think you just touched on something. It's it's less about the future of work. It's more the future of life. What do we want that to be? Because it has become one big, one big balance. You know, remember the old work-life balance. It's actually just about balance. Is is what are you? What's your intention for the day, for the week, for the month? I think you know what I'm. What I'm loving is definitely to your point, the connection with the people at home, being able to see the kids come home from school, and that has its downside too. When three thirty comes, I have to warn people on the Zoom call that the, the <laughs> background noise, the will riots
0: up. coming. <laughs> yeah,
1: but one of the things I noticed is that actually it was last week I moved where I worked at home from one room to another, and. What I noticed is how that freed up my thinking and my just my approach in many ways. And I sort of stopped and thought, wow, I've not actually paused yet and really reviewed my performance in this environment. And it helped me stop and say, you know, what am I liking? What am I not liking in terms of my own approach to this world? And I would say that, you know, similar, the the connections at home has been great. I missed the Friday afternoon sit around the table at HS, have a chat, have a drink, have a laugh about the week that was. I definitely miss that and I feel that that's something that is important to me I'm, and I've realised it's important to me now that I don't have it and mm. often we don't realise something's important till it's gone mm. and I wonder what other people are thinking about in their own world, what is no longer there that once was. So it makes you appreciate things is, is my reflection on this period. It makes me appreciate how lucky we are in Australia and I, how lucky we are to have access to things that we have have that access to and and when they do come back online i think it's appreciating that we may not always have them so when they're there those opportunities you know you might be knackered at the end of a week but that connection with your teammates with your you know your friends is really important part of filling your own energy levels up and we talk about that in self actualizing that's actually what self actualizing is it's about refueling yourself finding joy in the everyday life And just having a bit of fun, not taking yourself too seriously, a bit of spontaneity. And so I think I definitely missed that side of it. And that's not, you know, in our current setup, that's not really possible. So in the future of work, how do we find a good balance between, you know, all the the cost savings of working without having to travel, not necessarily impacting the connection with clients over the virtual debriefs or the workshops, but how do you find ways to connect with humans? Because that's what we want to do. That's by nature as humans we want to connect with other humans. How do we do it in a way that that is possible?
0: I think that's a great point, Sam. And I think what I'm really taking out of this conversation is maybe now's the time to take stock. You know, we had the initial Hmm. change, but this is now kind of, I guess, it's settled in, and we can either you know just keep prodding along doing what we're doing, or is it a moment to take some time out, have a think. And that might be just on your own, you know, have a think about your own situation and stuff. It might be, you know, doing using the connection meter, using the culture survey, whatever. But it's about, you know, actually thinking about, okay, now we're in this situation. How do we be most effective at work and in life in this situation? You know, and actually having a review for yourself about that.
1: Yeah. And a great way for people, even practitioners, and often is the LSI one, either you could do it. Uh, very easy to set your own LSI one up and work with a, a colleague, to a, a fellow practitioner to debrief. But that's a great way to check in on yourself and see where you're, where you're at, where's your thinking at in this new. The stimulus has changed. What's the T that rep is being applied to that S? And for the group work, you know that collaboration. I am. Speak to a lot of clients that are saying actually the GSI is now more relevant than ever before Mm. because in this remote working you don't necessarily need to do a simulation you can just do it at the back end of a of a team call or a or a strategy review whatever your natural rhythm would be you know get use the real time GSI to get a sense of where people are at and I think it can just open up a good honest chat with the team on this taking stock what are we doing and and give people the chance to to share what they're feeling so we can. Everyone can move together forward in this new world.
0: I think that's a great point, especially because it's all, wow, most of it's new to us working, collaborating remotely as a team. So now's the perfect time to do a GSI and say, Mm. how are we actually performing? I love it. All right, Sam. Closing note, I suppose, if you had to make one more prediction for the future of work, maybe in 10 years, 20 years' time, what do you reckon it might be?
1: That's a good question. The thing I'm curious about at the moment is this gig economy. We're seeing it with delivery drivers, with food, uh, we're seeing it with you know, Uber, last mile logistics is really where this has really taken off. I wonder if that will evolve into more to everyday roles where you actually, you opt in for a piece of work and you do that piece of work and you're measured on that piece of work, you're reviewed you know, by your peers, whoever, and then you're just continuing to opt into pieces of work as they emerge. And I think the benefit to organizations of that is that actually they're not having to keep people on the books, so to speak. They can actually just pay for what they need. So I think there's upside for the individual to be flexible and live, work wherever they want. I think there's upside for the organization because they don't necessarily have to carry the overhead costs that they may have carried. So I see win-win there, which anytime there's win-win, I think there'll there'll be natural opportunities. But this gig economy seems to be, I'm really fascinated by how our people, you look at you can see with COVID the industries that are popping up as a result of it. Like people are innovative, without a doubt. Humankind has been innovative over you know, hundreds and thousands of years. So it's interesting to see what how this COVID is popping up new opportunities and the amount of little businesses that people are you know online with. A, my mate's daughter is now making scrunchies to sell to her friends, or you know people are now walking putting dog walking pamphlets in our letterbox. I think it's exciting to see how people are looking at this in different ways and the opportunities that are emerging so I think that'll evolve I think that'll continue and I think that's exciting I think that for organizations doesn't shouldn't be something they should be scared of it's actually what's the opportunity for us as a result
0: interesting I think a whole nother podcast on its own um, (laughs) of what the implications of that might be I'm pretty fascinated by it too but we'll have to leave that for another one Sam thanks for your time for this one though and have a good week thanks Dom